0: That if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey you guys, welcome to the Karen Getty Show. <laughs> I'm so excited to be talking with you today. How are you guys doing? Uh, this is episode 32. Can't even friggin' believe it. 32 episodes you guys have been putting up with me for. (laughs) All right, you guys, I'm just kind of, I'm not pulling this one out of my ass, but it's something that's been on my mind, but I'm kind of going to just like wing it. I'm going to go with the flow. I got my mass hole t-shirt on. Uh, last night I had a speaking gig in amesbury massachusetts and it was so great because some of my childhood friends some lawrence kids uh lawrence kids were in the house uh and it's got me feeling it's got me feeling nostalgic from my hometown so i got i got my mass t-shirt on that my sweetie got me for christmas that i love this thing is so funny it's like it says like "Towny attitude on it <laughs> and you guys if you haven't read the memoir "Towny" by my beautiful and brilliant friend Andre DeBuse III. Go get that sucker. Go buy that memoir. Hit up your local bookstore and get that thing. All right. Today's episode, episode 32. I'm calling it this. I'm calling it Permission to Pivot. All right. I'll say it again. Permission to Pivot. All right. And so look, part of the inspiration for this comes from something that happened recently. But in order for it all to make sense, I'm going to go back in time, way back in time. Okay, so when I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I always loved books. I always loved words. At some point, I always always loved a good story. I always loved storytelling. And I really started writing like around the time I was like 12, like right after my mother died. And so I always knew that writing words, books, like were in my future. But before that, I'm talking when I was like a little, little kid oh my God, I loved animals more than anything in the whole entire world. <laughs> and so all I wanted to be was Dr. Doolittle. Like if, if Dr. Doolittle was a real job, and I actually, it's so funny because I have a friend who is a genius animal communicator, like a little, little animal whisperer, uh, Meg Shay. And um, I often say to Meg Shea, Meg Shea, um, you know, because she is an animal communicator. And I said, Meg Shay, all I wanted when I was, when I was a kid was to be, was to be Doctor Doolittle and to talk to the animals, and she always says to me, "KK, but you do talk to the animals." <laughs> so uh, apparently, I have some latent uh, talents in that area. I just know that I've always loved animals. I wanted to be Doctor Doolittle, which in the real world kinda, kinda was what's the word I'm looking for? Transcribed into. Uh, or symbolized into, oh, I'm going to be a veterinarian. So that's what I thought, you guys. I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. It's what I wanted to do. It's what my mother would tell everybody I wanted to do. This is my daughter. Like one day she must be a veterinarian. And the one thing is, I had no idea actually how hard it was. Like I actually know veterinarians obviously now. And like they go through hardcore school and it's wicked expensive. And so when I was a kid, I obviously, kid from Lawrence, like I didn't know that. But what I did know is that my mother thought I could do anything that I put my mind to. My mother thought I was smart enough um, and that I would be able to do whatever I wanted to do. And she used to say that to me. She said, you could do whatever you want to do, and, uh, which is a pretty beautiful thing um, for to have a parent believe in you in that way. So I was moving through my life under the guise that, like I wanted to be a veterinarian. So uh, I go through grade school. You know, My mother dies when I'm 12. Things change. Life looks a little different, but I don't really give up on the dream. And it just reminded me last night, because one of the Lawrence kids that came to my talk for the Amesbury Chamber of Commerce and for the Gene Geiger Crisis Center, the Jeannie Geiger Crisis Center that we were raising money for. Um, and you guys, this is, if you don't know this, this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. That's what October is. And the Genie Geiger Crisis Center, they actually have a walk. They have a fundraising walk coming up in the next, I want to say, week or two. Um, so definitely hit them up too and check that out. It's a great way to get involved. And even if you can't do the walk, you can still donate. So I'll try and find um, a link at some point, And I'll definitely be putting it on my Facebook page and stuff like that. Okay. So when we were at the gig last night, I was talking to my friends from Lawrence and I was asking like, what are you guys up to now? Like, where are you? What are you doing? And one of them is saying, oh, I work at this agricultural school. And I started laughing and I was like, oh my God, did you know that I almost went to Essex Aggie? And so for those of you who are not in the New England area, like Essex Agricultural High School was like literally learning all about like Crops and farming and agriculture. And I was delusional into thinking that that might be my high school career. So I started, like, I went, they had this little program at like the end of eighth grade where you could go and, like, or maybe it was the end of seventh grade, eighth grade, I don't know, but we would get on the bus on Essex Street and this bus would, like, take us all the way out to where Essex Aggie was. And I, I went for, like, it was a three day trip. I went on the first day and then after the first day I was like, nope, like, why am I out here in these barns, like with all this horse shit and cow shit, like all this, I was like, what is happening? Or maybe we're in horses, but they're definitely cows. Um, I came to realize very quickly that agriculture was not the direction I wanted to go in. Uh, No big surprise, uh, uh, many, many, many years later, and now being a vegan for like 16 plus years, which I think is hysterical. Um, But here's the other part of it. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's it. But then I didn't give up on the dream of being a vet right? And so um, my freshman year of BU, Boston University, that's where I went after school, I was like, hey, if I'm going to start to work with animals, I better kind of start getting involved in places that work with animals. So I volunteered and I worked out, I didn't volunteer, I actually worked out, I was a kennel worker at T.M.'s Kennels in Methuen, Mass. And um, I, for the summer, would basically like hose down dog cages, I was involved in the care and the feeding of dogs. I was involved in training the dogs. I was involved. They they were like a kennel that raised these like, I call them like thoroughbred like German shepherds. So I would actually be in the room learning about breeding, holding the bitches while they were being mounted by the male dog. Like it was just, un. I mean, I was just like, what is happening? It was the most intense summer. But the reason why it was the most intense, and there's a reason why I'm telling you all this, so stay with me. It was so intense because, I realized that I was not really emotionally equipped (laughs) to like handle not, it wasn't the animals. I love the animals. That was part of the problem. I became so attached to these dogs that when it would come time to leave, like it was actually even hard for me to leave at the end of the day. uh, These dogs that were boarding with us, Never mind, like the end of my shift and then people you just get to see, I think in the animal business, I remember learning this um, just last year that veterinarians have a wicked high suicide rate. And I was like fascinated by this, not fascinated like, oh, like, I mean, obviously compassion, but I was so fascinated by like why this is. And one of my theories is, and whether it's right or wrong, is like, I, I could just see the emotional toll. So for me, it would be so hard. I would see people drop their dogs off. There was this one guy, he brought in three dogs and they were older right? I don't even know if he gave us his correct information. And he just abandoned his dogs at the kennel. He never came back for them. And they were so confused and they were old. And I befriended these three dogs. And and I still get emotional when I talk about it because they loved me so much and I loved them so much. And I was obsessed with them. I have pictures of me with them. So the one time I had bangs in my whole entire life. I decided to cut my own bangs at somehow. I don't know what I was thinking. The pictures of me are horrible, but the dogs are fucking, oh my God, the dogs are so cute. And one of those old dogs died on my shift while I was there, meaning literally just of old age. It was just old, old, old. And I just don't think, you know, not to, obviously, I don't know the guy's story. I don't know why he would do that or... Any of that, I just know that it was so hard for me. And then I would see some dogs come in, and you could tell that they had been abused. And I was just like, oh my God, humans are awful. Humans do these awful things to these poor, helpless animals, you know? And I just realized, like, oh my God, I'm way too sensitive for this stuff. And then I tried my hand again when I went out to LA. And when I lived in LA, um, I ended up working with a world class, this world class dog trainer. And he literally would train like Um, 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 they're not attack dogs, but protection dogs for famous people. He would take their dogs. He would raise their dogs. He would teach them in both English and German. The guy, I was amazed at his skill sets. He was out of his mind too. He was another one totally. Animal people are a really interesting breed, but he would like take these dogs and he could literally say to them, stay and he would tell them stay in both English and German and then he would leave and he would walk like he would walk all the way around the block those dogs would sit there and wait they were the most well-trained dogs I'd ever seen it was a fascinating job he used to eat the dog food he would say if it's not good enough for me it's not good enough for these dogs like such characters my whole point being even after after that stint (laughs) at those kennels in LA Um, I realized like, oh yeah, I don't think I'm destined to be in the dog animal quote unquote business. I still always loved animals. I'm still very, you know, very much now, as you guys know, an animal lover. I am a uh, animal advocate, animal rights advocate. You know, I try to be a plant-based educator, a vegan educator, et cetera, et cetera. But here's why I'm trying to say this. So I tried a lot of different things. Right Then I went on and I worked in the food business and I was a bartender and I was a waitress and I'm a writer and I'm this and I'm that. And I remember my sister saying to me one day, like something like eye rolling, some eye rolling comments about like, um, oh, what is it this week? And I'll never forget that. I just felt like, ugh, like nobody takes me seriously, right? She doesn't take me seriously because I'm trying all these different things. And what I realized is back then is a lot of times people don't like to, not just people outside of you, even to ourselves, but first and foremost, people outside of you do not like to give you permission to pivot. I was a young kid. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. I was an advertising major. I was a communications major in college. And I also was like doing a stint in English because obviously I was fascinated with books and words and language. Um, I was fascinated with communication. I still am how we talk to each other, how we receive information, the generosity of our listening, all this stuff. So it was like, I was a kid who was really into this. And then I was a kid who was really into that. And I was trying to figure things out. And I was a copywriter and like all these different, then I was a concierge and a hotel and like, I'm doing all these different things. Right. And it was always just like, oh, now you're doing that. And I realize it can make it really uncomfortable. People get really uncomfortable. And I always say, like, I didn't take a straight path. I took the zigzag path. Like I always say, if you would have told me as a kid in Lawrence that I was gonna turn out to be a yoga teacher, (laughs) a yoga teacher, I would have laughed my ass off. The fact that I've been teaching yoga for like over 20 years is hysterical to me still. If you would have told me you're gonna be a spiritual mentor, holy Jesus, is that funny to me just because right like I was a kid from Lawrence I'm not surprised that I'm still a storyteller and a speaker and a writer and that I have a podcast in these things I mean it is if you look way 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 back because I was wicked shy as a kid (laughs) like literally almost mute sometimes to the point where I like I mumbled when I talked I couldn't look people in the eye my sister had to be like my interpreter but I just remember like looking back um I did not take a straight path. And even to this day, like I will say things with a lot of conviction. I will say things with a lot of like confidence and belief. And then it's always like a little asterisk that I make where I say, but I reserve the right to change my mind. I'm going to say that again. I reserve the right to change my mind because here's the thing I know about me. I don't just do shit because it's the way that it's always been done. I don't just do shit because everybody else wants me to do it that way. I am taking my instructions from a higher source. I am like, have tried to do my best to create a clear enough channel that I can receive my daily instructions, my individual curriculum. So if the order comes down from high, right? If the order comes down from up high that we're pivoting, I'm going, whether it makes you uncomfortable or not, because people don't like to let you out of the box that they've created for you. And you probably have experienced this in some way in your life. And if you're watching me, you can give me double amen hands like, woo, KK, I know you what you're talking about. And I'm feeling you because there have been times in our life where we change our minds and you hear somebody in your world, and whether it's a sibling, a partner, a lover, your parents, your cousins, your coworkers, whoever, right? Cause they've got you in their neat little box where they like you, your little slotted position. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm gonna put onions on my pizza. I'm making something up. I'm gonna put onions on my pizza or whatever, right? Ha, huh. since when do you like onions? Since when do you like? Huh? Or they'll say something like, "I thought you didn't like that." I thought you da 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 da. Right? It gets people's panties in a bunch when you try to pivot out of the box in the image in the story that they have placed on you. I have been pivoting my whole life. Right? Like I still surprise myself. And just the other day, right? some of you may know that i had i had signed up for this program um i had signed up for this like two year not a business program It had to do more with like writing and stuff like that but i had signed up for this program that i was wicked excited about right but i didn't really know what i was getting into i didn't know really know what it was going to ultimately look like i took a leap of not so much a leap of faith but a leap of leap of excitement into this thing that i thought i wanted and that i thought that i needed And I was in, I had invested some money, right? And I was like, oh, the days are counting down. This is the kind of, this thing is happening. And all of a sudden it hits me like, shit, this isn't a good fit for me. And then I was like, okay, what does this really mean? And it's like, well, I've got to let them know that I'm not going to continue with this program. It's not a good fit for me. And all the checks in the boxes, right? Start to get checked off. It's like, oh, Am I going to get my money back? What about the time I've invested? What is so-and-so going to say? I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Like all these things start to come down the line. And I realize, like I can't live my life based on what's best for other people, what makes other people more comfortable, what makes other people more happy. So I often jokingly tell my writing clients, because I'm also a gateless writing teacher. I tend to attract for spiritual mentoring clients, people who want to write a book, people who have a memoir in them or people who have stories to tell or people who wanna speak on stages and need help with their storytelling, right? Those kinds of people are often attracted to me because so much of what I do is storytelling, right? And so um, I, I, oh, so what I was saying is I often attract a lot of like um, people who are writers and stuff like that. And I'll often say to them, you know, when things come up in your life, like, cause they can appreciate this, what I'm about to say. I'm like, when things come up in your life that surprise you, that are unexpected, when you're like, uh, I didn't think that, well, that's unexpected. I didn't think that was gonna happen. I often say you just yell out plot twist. <laughs> so that's what was happening. I had my very own personal plot twist um, this past week and I was thinking about it and I was like man um, this is going to be a decision that might affect more than just me and like how do I want to do this I mean ultimately it really only affected me but I'm very cognizant of how my choices might have a ripple effect onto uh, my brothers and sisters and I realized I'm like well I'm not going to keep doing this thing just because other people might prefer me to be in that particular box or prefer me to continue doing that thing. And I really, even like I said, surprised myself. And I only told, like, I, I mean, I think I did a post or something about it, but not, not many people saw it. And I, I wasn't even gonna do a, a, a public post. I decided to do it because actually, like, who gives a shit, right? On some level. <laughs> but I told the people closest to me. And then when I told them, like, hey, I made this decision to stop, they were all like, what? Because it was a really big decision for me. But I gave myself permission to pivot. I didn't need permission from anybody else. I gave myself permission to pivot because here's the thing I will say. I'm not really big into, well, how do I say this? The OCD-ish part of me, the part of me that likes things neat, right? The part of me that likes everything to have its place, right? I don't like a lot of chaos, right? Um, I don't consider pivoting to be chaotic, but I think other people get uncomfortable when you take something out of a slot and you put it in a new slot and it's like, whoa, 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 what's happening, right? So I kind of was like, wow, you're really kind of like, this is a big pivot for you. And the thing is, is that I can't have, like I can't wait around waiting for other people to tell me it's okay for me to make decisions for myself that I know that are best for me. And that doesn't mean that you don't take into consideration other people. I did, right? I think it's important that we're not just like selfish dicks, right? (laughs) I was like, I wasn't sure which D word I was going to use there (laughs) for a second. You don't want to just be a selfish dick, but here's the thing. It's so important, you guys, that you don't stay stuck in the motherfucking boxes that people like to put you in right and um i i i I, so many times in my life people have either looked at me or heard me uh you know my my accent the way that i talk and they've made they've made um assumptions about me. Right. And I think I've told this story before where a woman heard me speak one time, kind of like doing my spiel, get up on stage, do some storytelling. And I talk about God a lot. Right. You guys know me. I'm a spiritual mentor. I talk about God and spirit and love and transformation and all these things. Right. Talk about Jesus and course in miracles and all these different things. And this woman basically said, um, you know, there's you are not a child of God. You don't act like a child of God. No child of God would be that vulgar. And I was like, look at this fool trying to put me in a box. Look at this person not able to expand the scope of her mind to receive me as a sister in Christ or one of God's kids because she's got me in some sort of a box. And not just me, she's got a big box for what she thinks holiness or goodness or whatever looks like. And I'm just like, man, you know, we got we to gotta push back against that stuff. We are allowed to be more than one thing. You are allowed to change your mind but here's the thing about changing your mind. This is where it can get a little tricky in this day and age. Like back in the day, We didn't really know people's business, right? Like back in the day, somebody would be going through a divorce or somebody will have dropped out of college or somebody did something. And unless you were true friends with them and you had their phone number, you didn't know that so-and-so's mom and dad got divorced and this one left this and this one moved or that one died. You only knew if you actually were friends. You were kind of like in the community loop. Nowadays, everybody fucking knows everybody else's business because everybody, for some reason, feels like they got to let you know about every single thought and feeling that they're having and decision that they're making and vacation that like everybody just feels like everything is for public consumption, which I don't believe. I don't think uh, national-wide broadcasting about what you had for lunch is that important. But apparently, I am sometimes alone (laughs) in that perspective, and that's okay. What I'm saying is, before, back in the day, not everybody knew everything. So you could make a deeply personal decision, and you weren't going to necessarily get too much pushback from it, too much flack about it. But nowadays, because everybody's trying to build an image or build a brand or put themselves out there in a particular way, and then you choose to pivot, people aren't going to know what to do. Because it's like, wait, just like two weeks ago, you were saying this. And now you're saying this. Now look, I'm not saying that that's wrong. But what I'm saying is if you're going to come out strong and hard, and you see it a lot with people who, um, you know, when people are making a big transformation around anything, whether it's like you decide to stop drinking or you become a born again Christian or you quit a particular job or you were like pounding Big Macs one day and now you're a vegan, like, look, you know, we make some pivots in our lives and people will start to question your authority, your integrity, whether you're to be trusted, how do I know you're not just going to all of a sudden flip around on me again, especially if they've invested money in you, right? Especially if they bought a bunch of your bullshit or your products or like whatever the thing is. So it can be a tricky thing in this world to put yourself out there all the time and make your life kind of open and vulnerable to other people's opinions. My whole thing is if I'm gonna use social media, I'm gonna use it the way that I wanna use it, right? I jokingly say, make social media your bitch, right? I don't play the game the way that everybody says I have to play it, I do my own thing. But I still reserve the right to pivot. I still give myself permission to change my mind, right? To do a new thing if I wanna do it. And I did this even in yoga. Like a lot of people don't know, I met a woman last night at the speaking event and, um. And somebody said to me, um, you know, I think the woman I was talking to was a yoga teacher. And then she, and somebody had said to me, do, did you ever do yoga? And I'm like, I've been a yoga teacher for like 20 years. And it's cause I just don't necessarily talk about it all the time anymore. But I remember when I pivoted away from that, you know, long, 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 excuse me, long time uh, yoga student, long time teacher. Um, and at one point I just decided like, this isn't my calling anymore. Not yo- not that yoga wasn't my calling anymore. Yoga will always be a part of me. It will always be a part of my spir- spiritual um, practice and one of the lenses through which I have learned and see the world. Uh, I still teach yoga at my retreats. I still teach it at special events and stuff like that. I still use it for my own self-care, um, especially the spiritual aspect of yoga, not so much the asanas, although obviously the postures and stuff are, are very uh, powerful and effective too. But what I'm trying to say is at some point I recognize like, oh, I don't want to own a yoga studio anymore. I had a yoga studio for 10 years and people were just like, what do you mean you're getting rid of your studio? What are you going to do? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna do spiritual mentoring full time. And I only had like one client at the time. It was such an insane (laughs) decision. But my spiritual team said, it's time to go. Let's go. No more Quest Yoga Studio. Let's go. And we're gonna rebrand everything. And now everything's under like my name. Everything's under Karen Kenny now. So it was a big leap of faith. And I remember people being like, what are you gonna do? Are you just leaving yoga? I said, well, I'm kind of like slowly moonwalking out of, out of the yoga world. And I'm not necessarily leaving the yoga world entirely. It's just my relationship to it. My perspective my, was shifting. And I was moving into a new expression of my spiritual, the way. And I've always used yoga to inf- infuse into uh, what I'm doing, especially, you know, the, the eight limbs, the full limbs of yoga, not just the one little aspect of doing physical postures or asanas and stuff like that. So I kind of pivoted out of that, and I can already tell you right now in the coaching scene, like I'm currently, you know, a mentor. I'm currently a coach, but I already know right now I'm not going to do this forever. I already see it's kind of like, and I always say it's not the yoga itself. There was a there was a well known yoga teacher who started doing a, um, a lot of stuff around. Um, because the yoga business got fucking insane. It was a shit show. It became like a circus clown act. I was like, what is happening in the yoga world right now? And I, I started to see the symptoms like way long time ago. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm slowly moonwalking out of the room. But this woman started like selling a program, a training on like, and, and the headline was like, yoga is broken. And I kept saying, "Fuck!" I'm like, yoga is not broken yoga itself is perfectly fine what's broken are uh, the clowns that are now teaching it what's broken is how everybody's trying to make it into a marketed niche business because it was brought over from the east to the west and then once the americans get their hands on it it's going to become bastardized like every way like Mick, surprise it's not mcdonald's and yoga yet but it's close i mean it's like every every possible thing you could think of <clears throat> because the market becomes saturated people become desperate. They're always trying to find their unique spin on the thing. And it's like, dudes, yoga is like, it, like pure yoga knows, knows how to help. Right. We just got to get out of the way. So, um, I decided to see like, oh, it's getting weird. And now I'm seeing it again in the coaching world. And I'm like, oh my God, it's saturated with so much bullshit. And that's not to judge other people. It's just a trend. It's just a thing that I'm seeing. And so I already know it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like part of the story of my life is about where do I belong at the time, and I realize that I'm not really that great in big groups and belong like the whole like, oh, this is my tribe, it's like. I have just people. I just have people that I love, but I'm not like, oh, and I'll say, oh, these are my people. But I mean it kind of like in a broad way. I'm like, my people are like always like, I always say like, my people are like the misfits, the weirdos, the the island of misfit toys, right? The people who never actually really felt like they fit in. That's kind of like me. So whenever I get into a group for too long, I go like, oh, whoa, yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of got a need to like, Woo, transition. And my spiritual team, has. I have my own individual curriculum. So reserving the right to change your mind, reserving the right to pivot, giving yourself permission to say, oh, I tried this thing. And there have been many times where it's like, I would join a thing and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to this boxing gym and this is really cool and it holds my interest for a little bit of time. And then I'm like, oh, that's not it. And I move on. Oh, I'm gonna do this. And sometimes once I do a thing, I've had enough of it. I'm like, oh yeah, I tried that. Or I think, oh, this is a good idea. And then I get in it and then I take a look around and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Get me out of here. This is not my group or this is not my people. This is not my thing. I'm out. I'm seeing too much of shit that I don't like, that I don't understand, that I feel is inauthentic or not real or not true. I don't want to be associated with this, whatever the thing is. But we must give ourselves the right to change our minds because here's the thing on the spiritual path. Here's the thing just about being a human and being alive. You are going to change. You are going to learn and you are going to grow and you are going to have to at different points in your life. And we do this. Hold on. I got to take a sip of water. We do this exercise at my retreat sometimes about the abandonment process and how sometimes at some point you have to be willing to abandon, right? These, these old, um, these things that aren't serving you anymore. Because so often when we're not giving ourselves permission to pivot, what we're doing is abandoning ourselves. We got a gut instinct. We have a knowing. It's like, it's like this message is coming through. And here's the thing. If it's your time to go and you don't go, you're gonna suffer and whether your physical body is gonna take on the stress of you staying where you don't belong. And that's another thing that I learned too. It's like, I don't go where I'm not wanted. And that doesn't mean that I won't go to a, like, how do I say this? Um, you know, it's not that I won't show up and do my part for like animal rights. Like I won't go and be the uncomfortable voice in the room. I don't mean that, but just in general, when I start to get an idea or a feel of like, oh, you don't fit here anymore. You don't belong here. I don't go where I'm not wanted. I'm like, oh, my time here is done. And there will be people who will try to talk you out of it, right? When I, when I made the decision to, to leave this program, they're like, are you sure? And I said, trust me, uh, I don't do anything really compulsively too much anymore in my life. I really gave it a good thinking. And it's time for me. And again, like I said, I even surprised myself. Um, but I'm really proud of myself that I allow myself the space um, to, to um, turn in another direction when the time is right and the place is right. And when you start to realize, like sometimes you think you need a thing, right? Sometimes you think, oh, um, and I'm not saying this about my situation. This was not the case necessarily in my situation. But you think like, oh, I need that external validation, right? I need another, I need another little check next to the box. I need to get another degree, Oh, I need to get my master's. No, I need to get my PhD. Like they won't take me seriously until this, until this, until this. And we're always looking out there to be told where to go and what we need to meet everybody else's approval. And I just don't believe in that, you guys. I think that deep within your heart, you have been given a particular calling and um, the voice for God is always there. The voice for God is always there telling you, and and I always say God calls everybody, not everybody picks up the phone. So it's really important when the line to your hat is ringing that you answer and that you don't let other people, and depending on your age, obviously, right? Not your parents, not your partner, not your kids, not your boss. Like at some point, you're gonna know with enough conviction, oh, plot twist, time to pivot time to change routes, time to leave, time to choose again. Um, Because if we don't answer and we don't show up and we don't take ourselves seriously, um, we are going to suffer and there's going to be a missed opportunity for healing. And there's going to be a missed opportunity for you to maybe help others. And this is the thing is to become the thing that you know that you are, to become the thing that you are and to start showing up as the living example of the thing. And so I decided to share this story because I'm like, there might be somebody out there right now who is hesitating, who is resisting, who's afraid, who's in a fear space around doing what they know they need to do. And whether it's to leave the relationship or to sign up for the class or to decide, I don't want to be this anymore. You might be afraid to come out um, to your parents. As Gay or transgender or whatever you might be afraid to leave your job that you've been doing for 12 years, right? And I'm not saying to do it without consciousness without mindfulness without thought But if you know, you have to do it. This is me encouraging you. You don't need my permission Okay, let me be clear about that. But I often say this to my clients, right? I'll hold up a little pink little pink post-it note I'll say, here's your hall pass. You don't need my permission, but in case some part of your little mind, some part of the little kid way back in your mind needs to know that somebody's rooting for you and giving you permission to take the leap of faith. And I wave it at them on the video camera. I'll go, here's your hall pass. Here's your little permission slip, right? They don't really need it from me. But this is me from my heart to yours. If you hear the sound of my voice right now, and you're thinking, and you know you've been wanting, you're at that crossroads, man, and you're going east or west, north or south, left or right, and you're like, where do I go? Here's what I do know. No matter which direction you go in, you do not go alone. If you knew, A Course in Miracles says, if you knew who walks beside you on this way that you have chosen, fear would be impossible. Fear is impossible because you do not go alone. The divine source, God, love, universe has placed its angels all around you to your left, to your right, in front and behind, above and below. For he would not leave you comfortless. So this is me just doing a little love shout out to you. Right? It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to close your business. It's okay to leave your marriage. It's okay. And I'm not saying like a selfish dick, right? I'm saying when you know, you know. Don't suppress your gut instincts. Don't suppress the sound of the inner teacher that loves you, that is telling you. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? So this is me just letting you know. And you might do this when you try to get out of that box, people aren't always going to like it. And some people are going to doubt you. And some people are going to think you're a liar and that you're a phony and a fake. And you know what? Maybe you were. Maybe you were. And maybe this is your time to finally get it right, to be real, to be authentic, to be true, to step into your wholeness and your holiness. But you guys, we only get so much time. Let's not waste it. We never know when the last exhale is coming. So here we are. And I'm going to get one. I'm going to take one out right now. A little pink piece of paper. You guys can't see me, but I'm peeling it off the pad. Some of you can see it. Here you go. I'm waving it. Your little pink permission slip. Toop. Here you go. Give it to whoever you think needs it, right? You know what I'm saying? And pass it on. Pass it on. And you guys, if, if somebody you know is trying to make a big decision and they've been on the fence and they've been scared out of their mind and they just need a little little support a little a little push of love from behind to get off the fucking fence already <laughs> to know that it's okay. And here's the other thing. Other people don't have to understand it. Other people don't have to like it. You can try to explain it to them if you want to, and you love them and you want them to be able to process it and understand it, especially if it seems like a quick decision. Uh, It's not necessarily kind to leave people confused either, right? Like do your best. Um, but this is it. I just want you to say it's okay. It's okay to pivot. And, um, and so, um, I wanted to also share with you too, like if if you're at a place in your life where you're trying, you're trying to pivot or, you know, you need to pivot and you're not quite sure how to do it or what to do. You just need some support or you're just spiritually kind of moving through some sort of a personal plot twist. (laughs) I would love you to come join us at the Fearless Flow Retreat. It's happening November 8th through the 10th at the Mountain View Grand Resort and Spa in Whitefield, New Hampshire, with me and uh, a bunch of other people. And I keep the retreats pretty um, pretty intimate and small because it's a deep dive. It's a weekend immersion into some some real deal work, right, of uh, transforming your story to your glory and stepping into the fearless flow of your life. And um, I always say, like, coming to work with me or to do a weekend with me, it's like spiritual and personality rehab. <laughs> It's like, woo! I guess we're going there. We're going in, right? And it's like, yeah. So it's an incredible time. And you can just find that at uh, Karen Kenny K E N N E Y dot com backslash events, and you'll see the three day fearless flow retreat right there. I'd love to have you guys join us. Um, also, you guys, um, something that I wanted to to ask for a little favor is if you're really digging the show, it's always wicked helpful if you go to Apple Podcasts and you either leave a rating or you leave a review. But if you have somebody, like I was saying, if you have somebody who could um, benefit from this or you think they might dig the show too, could you please share it? And you can share it really easily in three different ways. You can either share it in a Facebook post or an Instagram Uh, post and just tag me in it so I see it. You could also do it as like an Instagram story. And again, just tag me so I see it. (laughs) You could also maybe do a shout out to um, some people via an email or your newsletter list or whatever. And really, like I said, only share it if it feels good to share it, if it makes sense. I'm not asking you to send it out to your community if it like has no bearing of being helpful. (laughs) But if it did, if it could be, um, I would love it if you would do that. So you guys, thank you so much once again for tuning in. I hope this was helpful in some way. You know, I was saying to my friends last night, they wanted my full report about how the event went when I was driving home last night. And I called them and I said, hey, I am here and I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be resolute. I'm going to make my full report. <laughs> that, that comes from an incredible book uh, called uh, Stay and Fight by Madeline Fitch. That's two Fs if you haven't read it yet. Um, and uh, there's a, 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 a character named Pearly, and that's, and he always says, "This little kid." He says, "I will be steadfast. I will be resolute. I will make my report." <laughs> so I say that with one of my friends. And so, we were making our report last night, and I was saying, "They're like, how do you think it went?" And I said, "Man, all I can ever hope for is that I was somehow helpful." and not harmful and that I didn't waste two hours of their life and that in some way I uh, was able to infuse it with either a new point of view or something that they walked away from or whatever. So I never want to waste anybody's time. So I always say like, thank you so much. It means so much to me that you tuned in, that you took the time to listen. You could be anywhere. The fact that you take time, choose to take time to spend with me uh, means more than you can know. Uh, So, you guys, I see you. I celebrate you. I deeply appreciate you. I love you. And uh, wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Karen Kenny Show. (laughs) I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny live. That's Karen K E N N E Y L I V E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful. If you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review, Because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkennycom backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, Keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.